Welcome to the Trinity Western Chapel Podcast. As a vibrant part of life at Trinity Western University, Chapel creates opportunities for us to engage with God's story of redemption in Jesus Christ through His Word, prayer, and worship. We're glad you're listening and hope that you encounter God's heart for you and the world. Philippines is my country of origin. I come from modest beginnings. I was born at home on a mat that also served as our sleeping bed. We do not have mattresses or furniture, so my siblings and I, with our parents, all seven of us, slept on the wooden floor. Our first home was a house of stilts in the fishing village. Stilt houses are houses that stand on stilts or piles over soil or water. They are elevated to protect the houses from being flooded by seawater. They're similar to your backyard wooden sheds, but a little bigger and that they stand on stilts. As a young child, I grew up being fed with am. Am is the local term for the water that you get after boiling rice. It has the consistency and color of breast milk because we couldn't afford homo or formula milk. I led a simple life eating pandesal. It's a Spanish term for salt bread dipped in black coffee for breakfast and snacks. We were raised by our grandmother because my mom worked full-time as a public school teacher. My primary education was at a public school. Public schools where I come from are not like the ones you see here. They're typically under budgeted buildings and facilities with underpaid teachers providing education to the poorest of the poor. In my family, we understood faith through memorized prayers and being good and doing good works. My story sounds miserable and may not seem promising, right? However, God had another story for me, and He has one for you too. So tell me, what is your story? What is God's story for you? In the scripture on 1 Kings chapter 17, we learn that the story of the widow Zarephath. In that story, God sent his prophet Elijah to a place called Zarephath. It was a time of famine, no food, no water, nothing. God instructed Elijah. In verse 7, we read, Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So Elijah went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in the jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. Elijah was instructed by God to demand food and water from a widow in an unbearable state. In verse 12, we saw the widow's condition. As surely as the Lord your God lives, the widow Seraphat said, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son 
so that we may eat it and die. The widow was planning to cook their last meal and die. That was the story she scripted for herself and her son. It's a bit dark, right? I don't know where you are at in your life and what story you're scribbling for yourself, but I truly hope you're not on the same boat as this young widow. Well, in the story I plotted for myself, I saw a woman who was educated, earned an inspiring job, and succeeded as an executive in a foreign country, all bright and sunny. The first scenes of my story actually came true. I moved away from home at the age of 16 to do my bachelor's degree at the University of the Philippines. It is one of the top universities in my country. I worked part-time at McDonald's while studying. After uni, I landed my first real job. I was one of 20 fresh university grads hired to form a think tank for Philippine President Corazon C. Aquino, who was then the first woman president in Asia. I felt indestructible, so arrogantly confident in what I had. I had a solid foundation, or so I thought. In the mid-90s, I moved to Bangkok, Thailand, where I did my master's degree and worked for a top-ranked international university where I held a high-ranking executive position right after completing my MBA. It is also where I met my husband. My storyline was one of plenty, as you can see. Being raised poor, I endeavored to live a convenient life. I seem to have had that while in Thailand, my second home. We had a comfortable life in Thailand. Good food, good money, good careers, surrounded by family and friends. Financially, I was on top of my game. I loved the God I knew during a time of plenty. On the side, I was involved with an NGO which educated children who are homeless, deprived, and sick with HIV and AIDS. I am. I was a good person. I was doing good and was being good. Faith-wise, I thought I was faring well based on the faith I grew up with. Up until this point, everything happened as I planned. The life trajectory that I created was being accomplished. But here comes God's version. God's story for me was full of uncertainties. This abundant provider God took the love of my life, my husband, on March 26, 2010, a day before my birthday, without any heads up. My husband passed on while sleeping. He died very young and I became a widow with a four-year-old son. 2010, the, the year my husband passed, was also the year we got our visa to land in Canada with my husband as our principal sponsor for our immigration. Here was the twist, the conflict in this story. God took the one who I had hoped, and in the story that I was writing, 
will provide my four-year-old a safe, affluent life in the beautiful country of Canada. My husband's death was a detour, a great depart from the script I envisioned, and it led me to a journey of grief, anger, aloneness, loneliness, and desertion. Like the widow of Seraphat, I was a woman who struggled with trust, obedience, and faith. My story became so hollow, so empty, so broken. I became the nameless widow. The woman I discovered was the real woman God purposely and intentionally created in me. I wasn't Elijah in the story, I was the widow. But just like Elijah, God pointed me to a country which I know is not in famine, like Zarephath, but God sent a broken human to a place where I had no one, no family, no support, no money, and no job. All I know is that I needed a change to move out of my comfort zone in Thailand and far from my family in the Philippines to heal. I had to be directed. I needed to be instructed. I could have chosen to cook our last meal and die like the widow of Zarephath, but instead, I listened to the still small voice, but it was a call for sacrifice. As we read on in the story of the widow, verse 13, Elijah said to the widow, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have had and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. Like the widow, I listened to the small voice. Five months after my husband passed on, my son and I flew to Canada. My family was confused. With my decision, I was uncertain of everything, but I held on. We arrived on a very chilly fall, lived in a basement with not, mu with not much to survive on. This reminded me of the house of stilts, the house that can be washed down anytime by heavy waves or even tsunami. But what's worse, this time we lived alone with no siblings and parents sleeping on a mat, with no loud and boisterous laughter that carries us through the night on a hard wooden floor. We were distracted. I fell into deep depression. After being in Canada for just three months, we flew back to Thailand in November 2010. I spent eight months in Thailand trying to think Rethink, plan, replan, strategize, re-strategize, rewrite my story, but God insisted on his storyline. Then the still small voice came back, return to Canada and live there. God was overwriting my plans and stripped me off of all that I had or what I thought I had. 
He asked for our last jar of flour and our dwindling jug of oil. But I remembered God's promise, reading verse 14. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. And in verse 15, the widow went away and did as Elijah had told her. I took a great step of faith. With six months worth of rent in my pocket, we flew back to Canada in July 2011 for good. I applied for hundreds of jobs, including retail stores, and lined up in job fairs and malls, got nothing, no interviews and no offers. My jar of flour was getting empty, but I persevered. My faith was tested constantly. It's a challenge being alone as an immigrant. It's a continuing struggle to survive. How can I remain trusting? But God's story was better. Out of hundreds of applications, I got one chance for an interview. Where else? From Trinity Western University. After two months upon our arrival in July 2011, the university hired a widow with no Canadian experience, with a thick Filipino accent, and with English as her second language. This university trusted me with probably a little nudge from God. Continuing to verse 16 of the widow Seraphat's story. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family, for the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord as spoken by Elijah. And it was the same for us. Our jar of flour was not used up, and our jug of oil did not run dry. In trying to comprehend God's version of my story, I was enlightened by the writings of Catherine Genoa, born 1447 and lived till 1510. Catherine Genoa is noted for her deep spirituality and care and love for the poor and the sick. This is an excerpt from her main work, Life and Teaching. God gives us his light in an instant allowing us to know all that we need to know. But no more is given to us than that is necessary in His plan to lead us to perfection. We cannot seek this light. It is given to us from God as He chooses. Neither do we know how it comes or even how do we know what it is. If we try to know more than what we have been made to know, we will accomplish nothing. Instead, I will abide in peace with the understanding God has given me, and I will let this occupy my mind. If we are to see properly, we must pluck out of our eyes our own presumptions. If we gaze too long at the sun, we go blind. And this is really what struck me. When God finds a soul that rests in Him and is not easily moved, He operates within it in His own manner. That soul allows God to do great things within it. 
He gives to such a soul the key to the treasures He has prepared for it that it might enjoy them. And to the same soul, He gives the joy of His presence, which entirely absorbs it. I'm an immigrant in Canada for 11 years now. Last August, at the University's Community Day, I received my 10-year service award. 10 years. A community that has become my second family. Here I am, treading from the lowest rank to now being one of the executive directors at TWU Global. I was in awe. I am amazed that I have carried on and survived. It was a tough walk with God, a journey where my vulnerabilities actually led and allowed me to experience the joy of His presence. One thing I know now, we cannot rely on our own stories. God's version may appear bleak, but His story for me and for you is always bigger and better because He is greater. But this requires faith and full surrender. So let me ask you one more time. What is your story? What is God's story for you? Thank you for giving me this opportunity. May God bless us all. Thanks for listening. We hope you are blessed and be encouraged in your faith life. Chapel happens every Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 11 a.m. in the gymnasium or online at livechapel.twu.ca. You can also stay connected with us by following at TWU Chapel. Until next time, much love.